0: Are we having a good morning? It's good to see you in church. Well done for being here. Um, it's, uh, there's other places you could be, but you're in church. So I think it's important that we come together and meet as believers. Um, we're not to be doing this alone. We're to be doing it together. Amen? It's part of the Great Commission. Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you hang around on yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So we can't fulfill the Great Commission if we don't love each other. And obviously, it goes beyond that. For here, it goes into our streets, it goes into our workplace, it goes to our enemies, which we don't always like. Jesus says we're to forgive them and love them too. Um, That's what Jesus did for everybody. So well done for coming this morning and being here, be encouraged. I'm speaking this morning on breathing new life. It's a phrase that I brought at the beginning of the year. I felt it was important. It just came to me. And, um, you know, it's a part, it's got our name in there, breathe, but it's also, you know, it's got the words new and life in it. And I believe God wants to breathe new life into people. I believe. Does anybody believe that? Well, the opposite is we don't have life, we have death. I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll pick the life one. <laughs> you know, I want to be a lifer. I want, some, I want to grasp something of God's breath. You know, as we're meeting together this morning, we're worshiping. We're coming together as a people, but we're also worshiping God. And I believe when we worship God together, God does something. I don't know about you, but I feel refreshed already. I feel a new breath already before I've even started to preach. And all it was doing is opening my heart to God and thanking God and praising him. And all of a sudden, my heart feels different. My spirit feels different. And I feel encouraged this morning that you're with me and we're together in this. I'm not alone. I feel encouraged already. I feel like I don't need preach this morning. just need worship. Anybody just want worship? That's what I felt like I do. Let's just worship God this morning and, you know, but I do feel I've got to bring a message this morning. And I don't take all credit for this message because some of this message, I actually borrowed off some of the teaching off Rick Warren. So I want to give him credit um, before I preach some of the teaching. The structure that i have that using is from him. So I give him credit before I preach. But some of the, most of the stuff in here is mine. But if I keep telling you which is Rick's and which is mine, we'll be stopping all the way. So I'll just say, give some credit at the beginning. All right. But you know, breathing, you know, most of you, you've sat here for the last 35, 40 minutes and you've been breathing. You haven't even had to think about it. You know, how, how amazing. imagine if we'd got to think about our breathing. Imagine if you sat here thinking about, oh, I've got to breathe. Quick, remember, breathe. Quick, quick, forget, brain, tell me, body, breathe, breathe. Can you imagine how much headspace that would take if we had to remember to breathe? You know, you think you've got enough things to worry about and you've got to worry about your breathing every morning. Have you, have you ever had a struggle with your breathing And you're lying in bed and you're like, I'm not breathing properly. Have you ever had that? You're like, your mind's overthinking all the time that you're breathing okay. You know, but God's designed us so we don't have to think about our breathing. How amazing is that? That we just get up every morning, God's programmed our brain to tell our, you know, it's an automatic thing. It's autonomous. It happens. We don't even have to think about it. We just breathe every minute of every day. Now, some people don't have that. They have problems with the breathing, you know, and, and they appreciate their breathing because they have problems, you know. Most of us just take it for granted that we're breathing. We get up in the morning, we're breathing. But I don't, know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when our breathing's not good, we appreciate our breathing, don't we? We're like, I really value. If you'd lost a lung, you'd really value the other lung. You'd be thankful for that one lung. Or if you had a lung transplant. I don't even know if you can have a lung transplant. Anybody? Can you have a long time? You can, wow. If you wanted a new lung, you would really appreciate those new lungs you got. Every day you'd be thankful that you've got new lungs. But we get up every morning, we don't have to thank God really for our lungs. We just get up and we forget that we've been given this gift to breathe every morning. You know, and and a a few months back, I don't know, last year, last September, I had a problem with my breathing in my lungs. And I, and I had some pleurisy. Anybody had pleurisy? John's not. We had a chat. Me and John, we had a chat about pleurisy, you know? And, and it was like pains in my ribs. And I was struggling to breathe. And I, I could only breathe, shallow breathing. It was like, and I went to the doctor. and The doctor told me what to do. And, you know, I'm, I don't like taking tablets. So I carried on on myself. I didn't listen to him. All right, that's another lesson I'm going to talk about in a minute. But here's the deal. My breathing went shallow, okay? And my breathing was... Was because of the pain act as shallow breathing. And I think sometimes we can be like that in life. We're, we're only breathing shallow. And God says, I want you to breathe deeper. It's, this is okay in life. You're going through life, you're coping, you're doing, but I want you to go deeper. And you know, everyday breathing, you don't even think about. But have you ever had those moments where you've sat and taken a deep breath? I say to the kids sometimes, just stop. You do it if you're a primary school teacher. Just stop for a minute and take a deep breath. Has anybody ever said that to you? Just pause, take a minute, take a deep breath. You're like, well, I'm breathing. What are you on about? Deep breath. And you take a deep breath, and all of a sudden, something feels better. Have you ever done that? Just do it now. Some of you are probably stressed about things and worried about things. Just take a deep breath, breathe in, and chill out. Let it out. And I think sometimes that's like what our relationship is like with God. We take normal breath every day and we can, you know, we can know about God, but then we can take a deeper breath of God. And that's when we have to use our minds and be intentional to say, in a minute, I can breathe, but can I breathe deeper? I don't want just breathe and get through and exist. I want to have a deeper breath that gets me through the things that I haven't been able to get through before. And I need to take a deeper breath. In other words, I need to go deeper into God rather than just this shallow breathing. Are you still my friend now? I can, I can understand now, some of you, you're going to have the pleurisy effect. I don't want to go there because it hurts. Yeah? I, I don't want to listen to it. I don't, I don't want to go any deeper because that hurts. But I believe God can take you deeper. And I believe God can bring healing to you. Just like when I went to the doctors, I thought I knew best. And he said, take the painkillers. I said, I don't take tablets. So I went home and I, and I shallow breathed. And it hurt and it didn't work. And then I realized the painkiller numbed the pain so I could breathe bigger again and get more lungs in. God wants to do that with us. He understands you have pain. He understands you have experiences, but he wants to take you deeper so you can have a greater capacity for life, okay? But that can't just happen. That isn't just your everyday breathing. I'm breathing, I'm breathing, I'm breathing. This has to be an intentional breathing. It has to be a mindful breathing. I'm gonna put something aside to make a deeper breath. It's week week of prayer and fasting. What a great week to start breathing differently. I'm gonna take a deeper breath this week. You know, taking a deeper breath doesn't make us right with God. We're made right with God by accepting by faith that Jesus died for me and he makes me right. This is not about getting right with God. You're right with God through faith. This is not about you making your relationship right with God so you're a better person. No, no, no. God loves you the way you are. He accepted you as a sinner and you're right by faith, okay? This is about you going deeper with God so that when we sing them songs, you're the anchor in the waves, right? We can learn what it is for him to be my anchor through the wave, okay? Well, we can learn that he's the wind in my sail. Wow, how am I coping in life? I've not coped before. There's a wind that I've not known before. There's a power that I've never experienced before, and I'm learning it through the storm. Are you still my friend this morning? And we can go deeper, but those things, we don't go deeper just by breathing. Normally, we have to be intentional and say, I've had enough of that storm. I've had enough of that wave. I want to go deeper, God, so I can get through the wave and I can get through the storm. And I can give glory to you and praise to you. And and it's an intentional thing we have to do to say, I need to take some time with God. I need to take a deeper breath. I'm not just going to take the shallow breaths. I'm not going to go off somebody else's breath. I want your breath, God. I want you to bring the breath. You know, God promises the breath. It says in, eh, I'll do it a little bit other way around. Sorry, mess you around. Ezekiel 37 verse six says, I will put, this is God speaking through his prophets. I will put a breath into you and bring you back to life. This is what God promises through his prophets. Then they will know that I am the Lord. God wants to put a new breath in you, and you may have got, you know, accepted Jesus, and you may, may have accepted God's spirit, and something new happened in you, but it doesn't stop there. We can work out our faith, and we can increase in the things of God. We can discover the power of God. We can discover the redeeming grace and love of God at a greater depth that we've not discovered before, but that has to be in to- done intentionally. It doesn't just happen. It's not your autonomous breath. It's actually an intentional breath that I'm going to take now because I want to know God. I want to discover who I am in God. But God says, I will put a breath in you. Psalm 80 says, verse 18, we will never turn our back on you. Breathe life into our lungs so that we can shout your name. It's interesting, isn't it? They proclaim there they'll never turn their back on them. But they do. Like all of us, we all turn our backs on God. We all make mistakes. We all say we're going to do something, but we don't. We all fall short of that. But God promises another way for us to walk. And he promises to equip and empower us so that we can't overcome these things and not turn our back when we used to turn our backs. David said in Psalm 34, I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Sorry. You know, sometimes things aren't going well. It's sometimes hard to breathe and to praise. But actually, God wants to give us a breath like David had, who can say, I live and breathe, God. Even when things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. God can give us peace, contentment, victory through our storms, through our difficult times. And I'm sure there's people in here who have gone through that and Experience that. So how do we go deeper? How do we get this new breath? How do we expand these lungs so that they, we get a new breath? First thing we do is we make God, Jesus, the manager of your life. Is God the manager of your life or are you the manager of your life? Mm -mm -mm. i I know you make your own choices you have just told me i've got to be intentional yeah but there's a greater authority that we can be submissive to over our lives is god the manager of your life or are you the manager of your life because i think a lot of problems will be sorted out to do with anxiety and stress if we realize there's someone bigger and greater who's in control of our lives rather than us being in control of our lives does that make sense and I you know, I, yeah, I've got to make choices, and I am in control of my life to a point, yeah, but under an authority that's greater than me. I'm in relationship or connection to someone who knows better than me, who understands life, who has more wisdom, who is bigger and mightier than me, Or is it just me that's controlling my life? It's just a question that challenges me most days: Are you making God the manager of your life? You know, I'm going to use an example as, um, you know, bef- just two seconds before I do that. You know, recently we went on holiday. We went to Crete and I've got a couple of photos up here. See that photo up there? This is me and Grace parasailing for the first time. Anybody been parasailing? One, come put your hand up. Come on, you've done it. Two, well done. Three, come on, we've, we've I've parasailed. You know, and, and is, there's me with my GoPro. My GoPros, my father-in-law's, I borrowed it off him. Right, he's 65, get that, he's got a GoPro. If you ever want something, buy it for someone, and then you can borrow it. <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? I learned that from my brother, who brought me um, Stone Roses album uh, when I was about nine years old, and I wasn't interested in Stone Roses, and I realized he wanted it. Okay, so... Is me, me and Grace, Grace twelve years old going she wanted to go on, so I said okay we'll go on, and you know we went on there, but you know when you go on something like this, you have to get strapped in. any rock climbers in here i'm one i 'm losing this congregation like that. <laughs> we should have talked about craft making and stamp collecting, I think this morning we've got a little bit more reaction, okay, so you've got to get strapped in to experience this. You can't do it without getting strapped in. And it's the same with God. If you want to know God at a deeper level or experience God in his power, at some point you have to say, okay, I'm in. I'm strapped in. I, 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 I'm going to trust that there's someone bigger than me that understands life. You know, that's what meekness is. Meekness understands that there's a greater authority than you. It's not weak. You recognize your humility and your weakness, and you recognize that you can't do this journey on your own. So there's someone who's greater than you, who, you, who wants you to trust them, that they know what the wisdom and what, what, what they can give you for life. There's someone greater than you. And this, this, this just, for me, just releases the stress valve because I'm no longer in control of life. Wow, take a breath. I don't have to control life. No, the world does not revolve around me and you. Now, I've got things to do, and I can, I can control some things, but life itself and my eternity, I'm not in charge of. Neither are me and you, but there's someone who we can trust in. So are you strapped in this morning, or are you a little bit apprehensive to trust someone? You know, any relationship takes trust. It's built on trust. And this is a funny relationship because it's trusting someone we don't see. It's a little bit like me on this boat. I'm up high, I'm at a distance. I must have been about 150 meters away from the boat when we were strapped in. I couldn't see the driver. I was thinking, is he still there? Is he watching? Is he having a cigarette? Is he watching that big boat that's coming my way? You know what it's like? Is he watching? I, that's going through my head. Can I trust this guy in this boat? I've never met him before. Fancy getting strapped in and putting 150 meters in the air on the sea with a person I've never met before. Well, oh, welcome to knowing Jesus. Are you going to get strapped in? Are you going to trust God through the highs and the lows, through the good times and the bad times? Are you going to stick with Jesus and trust him that he can take you through the storms? Is he the manager of your life or are you the manager of your life? Can he bring us that harness? And volunteer. Come on, Rob. I don't know why it happens, but Rob, you seem to get picked. You know, this this doesn't happen on its on its own. You've got to say, "Okay, I'm strapped in." And I know many of you are strapped in, and I know many of you have chosen Jesus. But I want to encourage you this morning. If you've strapped in before, keep strapping in again. Don't give it. Eh, don't give up. Don't give up on people. Don't give up because bad things happen. Go again and remind yourself, "I'm strapped into this thing." So, you're trusting me, Rob. We were going to winch it off here, but we weren't sure. <laughs> we weren't sure. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. We'll lower him down. We'll have him hiding up there, and nobody would know. And all of a sudden, we'd just winch him down. He'd all freak out. Should have dressed him in a Spider-Man suit, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, wait, Spider-Man's been in church. Mind all the kids. Spider-Man's been in church. Okay, now, we are testing your authority on this knot. She's done a little bit of... I say, she's done some r- r- climbing, haven't you, Ree? Yeah. yeah, okay. Are you confident? You know Ree. you know? She's not like someone you've never met before. <laughs> this is where you can get your own back now. Just hold this mic. Rob, Rob what I want you to do is just stand stand on the edge. Just go right on the edge. Oh, go around there. I want you to stand on the edge, right? No, not yet, wait until I put my mic down. What, what I want you to do... What I want you to do this morning, I want you to trust me. Okay, not until I say, don't go until I say, yeah? You know, this is what it's like. It's fine, I'll get strapped in, will you? Are you going to trust Jesus when it's going good, but also when it's not so good? Am I going to experience the power of God through life? Are you ready, Rob? For those listening online, I've got Rob tied to a harness, and I'm lowering him off the edge of the stage. You know, you've got to trust. You've got to trust God, then you've got to learn to trust people. And people turn their backs on you. People hurt you. People say things. People disappoint you. People tie knots, not properly. And actually, it falls and we ha- things happen. Mess happens. But ultimately, we come back to the authority, the person that we are strapped into. And that is God himself. That is ultimate authority. He is the one who we're trusting in. In the good times and the bad times, and you have to make a choice: Am I strapped in? Am I still strapped in? Am I still trusting God through the good times and the bad times? That's your choice. I, nobody can make you—not even God—will make your, you know, your willpower surrender over to Him. The only way He does it is by showing you how He first surrendered for you, how He was let go and He was lowered. But then he was lifted up again. He's the one who you follow. Not me, but God himself. So how do we do that? You say, I get that, Paul. Okay, I'm in. I want to trust God. I'm going to trust God in my life. I'm going to trust God maybe with my finances. I'm going to trust God in my relationships. I'm going to trust God in my marriage. I'm going to trust God at work. I'm going to tr- I want to be strapped in. So what do I do? The second thing we do. So the first thing is we get strapped in. Or we Sorry, we make God the manager of our lives. How do we do that then? We establish God's word as authority in our lives. Oh, okay, it's strapped in, but what does that mean? What, 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 does that, what does that line up with? It lines up to that God is ultimate authority. In his word, I need to establish in my life. You know, sometimes we hear God loves me. Yeah, but do you know that God loves you? Have you established that? Or are you still taking a shallow breath? God loves me, God loves me. God, <gasps> God really loves me. Have you taken that time to say, God, I need to talk to you about how much you love me? I want to seek you and know what your word says about me. I want to know you, what you say. But, you know, we have to be intentional with establishing God's word in our lives. It doesn't just happen. You know, there are many signs in this world. Many signals that tell us to do things, and we don't always do them. I've got a favorite jumper. Sarah's going to kill me for this. I've got a favorite jumper, right? I love it. I wear it most of the time. She tries to get it off my back most times to wash it because I'm wearing it too much. And this morning, she said, I've done something wrong. I said, what? She came through, and the jumper, she held it up, and she'd ironed it, and it all melted she said, I, "I ironed it before, but I, when I ironed it before, it never melted." I said, "Yeah, but you've had a brand new iron, and that's hotter, because I know, because I bought it and I looked how hot it got, and I thought that's even better. i will get the creases out of the jeans. It'll do it all. But it was that hot, it burnt straight through my jumper." She said, "I, I ironed it all before. Oh, that's my favourite jumper." I said, "It's okay. It's my birthday this month. We'll get another one." I was fine, wasn't I? I didn't react. I wasn't angry. It's a jumper. Who's bothered? Yeah. <laughs> So, so, Sarah, we love, we, we love these people. They love us. They trust us. It won't go out of this room. <laughs> All you listening online, you're not to take it any further than your household. But here's the deal, right? She, 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 she said, oh, I did it before. And then I thought, I'll have a little look at the label. Do not iron. She said, I did it before. And it didn't work. I said, yeah, but you got a hot iron, babe. This is a brand new iron. It does the job. And it says, do not iron. Allow creases to hang out or tumble dry, but do not iron. You know, it's a funny story, but here's the deal, right? There are many things that we're told not to do or what to do, but we don't do them because we don't take a close look. Okay? God tells us to do things but he tells us not to do things. And then we wonder why we end up a mess, we wonder why our relationships get damaged or they hurt because we're not doing it. We wonder why our finances are in a mess because we've not lived within the parameters of God's word. And we end up in a mess. We end up hurting one another and we blame somebody else. But actually, it comes down to me and what God says as the manager of my life. The, the reason we have issues with people is because we don't forgive people. And we go around with the issue, but actually the issue has us. Am I making God the manager of my life? Am I to forgive my enemies like he forgave me? He's the ultimate authority in my life. And I think that sometimes, like life, we have things. We're told not to do things, but we do them because we sometimes think we know better. We think, well, this is just old. This was for people years ago, the word of God. Or it was for the older ones. And we're young now, and we know better than the word of God. Or is this just me? You know, I remember coming in church and there was older people and I thought, oh, they're really old and boring. They don't know. They don't know what really, what God wants. And I know better than what God wants. So, and sometimes we reject the authority because we think, I don't want to listen to that instruction. I don't want to listen that it says, do not iron. I'm going to iron anyway. You're still my friend, Sarah. You know, she's preaching next week and it's going to come at me. You know what's going to happen? Do your own ironing. That's what she's going to say. I appreciate you, Sarah. You, you wonderful. <laughs> I gotta get myself out of this hole. I feel like Daniel in the Lion's Den. Okay, lift me out, God. Get me out now. Okay. <laughs> you know, oh, something like you know, we see a sign like a one-way sign, and we think, oh, that sign's not for me. I'll go. I'll just nip up that way. A funny story. Sarah's brother-in-law. He got <laughs> he, he, he uh, uh, like, this is, this, you know, it's not that funny. It'll probably go down like a lead balloon, but I found it funny. He was going up a, a one-way street, right, but he went the wrong way when he was on holiday. He accidentally turned up the street and went up a wrong way. And this guy came down, people, window down, you're going the wrong way. He said, I'm only going one way. <laughs> and, it, you know, and that's like us sometimes with life. We know what the signals are. We know what the signs are, but we think we know better. We reject the authority of God. We don't want to... You know, listen to the word of God. It doesn't really mean that. It meant that then, but not for me. When it says don't have sex before marriage, that's an old traditional thing. Well, God says it because He loves you. He doesn't say because He wants you to stop you having fun. He wants you to have fun, but He wants you to put the boundaries and parameters in place so you don't get hurt. So that when you have sex and someone leaves you and you have left with a pain and a hurt that you're struggling with and you're struggling to commit again and trust again, he knows the damage that it causes to you. So he says, don't do it. Live within the parameters of my guidance because I love you, child. I love you, son. That doesn't mean that he doesn't forgive us. He forgives us of all sins and we can have a new start, a fresh breath within us. But then that doesn't mean that we reject what the word says. We begin to line our lives up with the word and live in that way. Because otherwise, you know, we're going to get hurt and hurt other people. But if we're to operate in the Word of God, submit to Him as the highest authority. Now, we don't always get it right, we get it wrong. But we're to go again and submit to Him. You know, Bob Dylan wrote this quote I think it's from a song I've been informed. You're going to have to serve someone. Each one of us are serving someone. You may serve fashion this morning. You may say, I like your trainers, so I've got to have them trainers. You may, you know, another fashion trend, I don't know, ripped jeans. They've got ripped jeans, so I've got to have ripped jeans. You're serving somebody else. You're serving a fashion, a fad, a trend. You're serving it. It's not serving you. Are you still with me? That's what happens in life. You know, your appetites, your drives, popular culture, people's opinions. We can serve them what people think about us. Or are we going to serve the one who is greater and knows all things? Who brings freedom and life, enjoyment, joy to our hearts? 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the word of God, this is the New Testament. This isn't old. This is New Testament. This is Paul writing to Timothy to instruct him that the word of God is how you get trained. There's four things that the word does here. First thing it says, it teaches us what is true. Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. Jesus, was, Jesus died for your sins, but now he's alive. That's truth. And we can believe that truth or not. So the Bible teaches us what is true. It also makes us realize what's wrong in our lives, where we fall short to God's standard. The fourth thing, third thing it does is it straightens us out. God's word, God's spirit will straighten you out. He can straighten areas of your life out. He can sort your finance, sort your marriage. He can sort that problem at work with you. He can sort it out when we submit to him and have him as ultimate authority in our lives. That doesn't mean it'll change everything, but what it will do if you submit to him is it'll change you and give you greater capacity to breathe in and through it. So it straightens us out. It teaches us to do what's right. But then I read all this and I think, oh, I struggle with all this. I try my best, but then some days I get it wrong and I trip up and make mistakes. I say things I wish I never said. So how do we, how do we apply God's word in our lives? How do we overcome and get that bigger, bigger lung capacity to apply God's teachings in our lives? I'm going to read Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-seven. This, again, promised by the prophet of the Old Testament, what God was going to do in the New Testament. And he says this, and I, this is God speaking through the prophet, and I will put my spirit in you and move you. Are you getting that? How do I do this? By God's spirit in him moving me. So I don't do it. Wow, he's the manager of my life. Are you still with me this morning? Am I losing you? I'm trying to free you up from some anxiety and some stress stuff that we can have in life because we're trying to do things in our own strength instead of learning what the grace of God is and the power of God's grace in our lives. That we don't have to do this alone, but we have someone who's greater than us that wants to empower us for life. And when we submit to him and we let go and we're strapped in and learn to lean into him and trust him with the fullness of our lives, we realize there's a power that's greater than us that he wants to empower us with life. You're saved by grace. Paul says in Galatians, why are you trying to do it again in your own strength? Why are you trying to achieve salvation in your own strength? God says you've been given life. I've given you grace and grace will empower you. So that tomorrow you can live by grace. You can be empowered by grace. Are you with me this morning? Am I losing you? I feel like are you awake? Am I not preaching good enough? This is grace available for, to you and for you because he loves you. He says, I will put my spirit in you and move you. I will cause you to be an overcomer. It says in here, I will teach you. It says, I will put, move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So we can't keep our law or the word in our own strength because we fall short, each one of us have fallen short of the standard. But what God promises is a new start and an empowerment as we trust in Jesus. He gives us his spirit so that we can be empowered to walk in God's ways and overcome the things that we couldn't overcome before. So that we can have an anchor in the storm. We can have the wind in the, sorry, the anchor in the waves and the wind in the, in our sails in the storm got it right it was probably a storm on the sea anyway so you could have both couldn't you anchor and wind and all that my point is this you know god wants to empower us for life he doesn't want us to be stressed and anxious and too intense and not enjoying and we can all do it he wants us to find the freedom that comes by his spirit Now, all of that freedom by the Spirit isn't just floating here, there, and everywhere. It's grounded in the Word of God. It's grounded in God's Word when we establish that as the authority in our lives. The Spirit then lines up with that because it's the same as the Word, and we become what the Word says as we apply it in our lives. We get the empowerment as we submit and we obey what the Word says. We submit and surrender our lives. This is a great message, isn't it? Submission and surrender, they are words that are not in in society. It's all about fitting in and having my place in equality. Look at Jesus Christ. He submitted to the Father. He surrendered his life, and we see the greatest, the greatest power on earth that is seen through Jesus himself. He submitted and surrendered to God and he went in the lion's den like Daniel, but nothing could harm him. He was lifted out of that pit and raised up by the power of God for you and me. And it's the same for you. The same spirit that is in Christ, if you're a believer, lives in you. And you have to say, well, do I believe that? Or am I just going to flop all the time? Or am I going to be intentional with my breathing now and say, I want to breathe deeper, God. Your word says it. I want to know it. I'm not settling for shallow anymore. I want my roots to go deeper into you. So I'm going to breathe more. I'm going to breathe in your word. I'm going to pray to you that you'll give me your spirit like you promised to fill me with power. But I'm going to have to submit that there's someone greater. I'm going to have to surrender To the one who knows better. Because pride says, no, 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 I know better. Well, that makes me God then. Tricks me into saying that I know better than God. Well, God says, oh, can you trust me? Can you trust me that I've got your rope? Can Can you trust in my word and what I promise? See, allowing God's spirit to be the empowerment in our lives is what will make us an overcomer. It's not about willpower or in your own strength. It's about God's power by his spirit. Willpower will take you so far, but God's spirit will take you the rest of the way. (laughs) I tell you, you're born by grace, live by grace. It's one of my favorite sayings at the moment. And we get tangled up into doing it in our own strength. We're born by grace, learn to live by grace. You know, Jesus is the best example that we can follow. And my last point is this. If we're going to go deeper, is keep focusing on my life on Jesus. Sometimes we, our eyes get off what we're doing and what we should do. But our eyes should be fixed on Jesus. It says in Hebrews that he's the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You notice how it says, let me fix my eyes. on It doesn't say that. It says us. I like how Paul writes. It's always about corporate. It's always about a bunch of people, not just an individual. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Jesus is the one who loves you. Jesus is the one who got strapped into God's plan. And actually, it seemed as though God had let go of him. A bit like Daniel in the lion's den. You know, Daniel decided not to move off God's authority and God's word. And the king at the time put him into the den of lions to be eaten because he would not submit to the king of the land. Yet what we see with Daniel is God did not leave him. Daniel had trusted in God himself. He'd been lowered down into the pit, yet God was pleased with him, and he lifted him back out. None of those none of those lions had harmed it, said there was not a scratch on his body. How amazing is that? There's not a scratch on Daniel's body after he'd been lowered in. Why? It says because Daniel trusted God. Trust God at his word. Trust God when things don't go your way. Trust God when things are going your way. Trust in his promise and at his word that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That my love is greater than your sins. Where sin has abounded, grace abounds even more than your sin. Trust him that he says that and he that you believe it. No matter what you've done, he'll forgive you and give you a new start. Trust him when he says, forgive your enemies that God wants to do something bigger and deeper in you. You know, I spoke briefly earlier on meekness and the quality of meekness, Jesus was known as meek. But I think sometimes in society, meekness as a as a as a kind of, it, it almost seems like this weak thing. Oh, he's just meek. You know, he's just weak. There's, there's nothing good about, oh, there's nothing good. It's just, he's not able to stand up for who he is. He just seems so meek. But I think meekness when we look at it, has such an amazing quality. Jesus was meek. And what meekness is like, it's like the outward appearance is weak, but the inward appearance is strong. Does that make sense? So Jesus was meek on the outside at the cross. It appeared that he was weak. But on that day, me and you know that he was not weak, but he was strong. And that's like life for me and you guys. Sometimes we feel weak. Sometimes we appear weak. Sometimes we appear like we're those Christians that, you know, don't stand up. But I want to encourage you in your weakness. I want to encourage you through your suffering. I want to encourage you through your difficulty. That even though you're weak, God says you're strong. Even though you're weak, God says, I am perfecting you. I am causing you to breathe deeper into me through your difficulties and your circumstances. And I want to encourage you to keep strapped into God. Don't give in. Hold on to his word and his promises and believe that God is good. We sang it earlier. He is good. He is good. God is good. And keep proclaiming. Hold on to him. Don't let him go through your storm. Don't let him go through your pain. He isn't letting you go. He has the end of your rope. And he says, I need you to know that I've got the end of your rope. And I am not letting go of your rope. You might think I am. You may feel like you're in the lion's den. You may feel like you're in a dark place. But God says, I have your rope. And I am not letting you go on this journey. Hold on to me. And at the right time, you will be lifted up. You will be elevated over your circumstances. It's about developing hope in you. The character of God in you. And it takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes sticking in there, some stickability. So that God can show people that there's a hope in this world. And he'll work it through you and through me. Most of us want to escape the difficulties. God says, no, 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 I'm not going to remove the difficulties. I'm going to make you in and through them. Because I want people to know that I don't give up on people. That I am faithful. So when you look at your weakness, can I encourage you that in your weakness, when we submit to God, we're strong. And God will empower you. Through your difficulties with a strength that only God can give you. His Spirit has been given to empower you, to guide you, to teach you, to counsel you, and comfort you. He's there as you submit to Him and surrender to Him. He'll be the healer of your pleurisy walls spiritually so you can breathe deeper again in God. God is good, church. And I want to encourage you this week, take a moment to deep, breathe deeper. Choose to make Jesus the manager of your life. Choose to make God's author, establish God's word as the authority in your life. Choose to believe in God's empowerment by his spirit in your life. And keep focused on Jesus in your life as the lover of your soul. And I'll guarantee if you put those things in place... And you take time out to take a deep breath with God. God is faithful to his word and he will establish his authority in your life. And you will be a different person and your relationship with God will go deeper. Listen, you can keep shallow breathing and God still loves you. Sometimes we just shallow breathe and that's okay. Don't feel that you're not loved because you're only shallow breathing. Sometimes we're struggling because of things that are going on. That's okay. Be at peace this morning that God loves you no matter how you're breathing. But for some of you, I want to encourage you, take a deeper breath. Take a deep breath this week. Take a moment, put it aside to just to breathe in. Say, God, I want to spend a minute with you. You loved me. You gave your life for me. I want to take a minute with you just to be with you because you love me, nothing else. I want to know you. I want to love you like you've loved me. So let's just bow our heads for a minute. and invite the band up. You know, I'm going to sing a song. Just take a moment to breathe in. You know, life's busy, pressures, different things. Now we come together here not to just pressurize you, but to encourage you inspire you to take a breath so father we just come to you this morning you deserve all of our praise you deserve all the glory and we just take a deeper breath but we don't want just take a deep breath physically we want to take a deep breath spiritually and father I pray for people in here some of you make a commitment this week to get strapped in Make Jesus the manager of your life. Maybe you've never done that. You can do it today. It's a choice. God, I recognize that I'm weak and you're greater than me. Or maybe some of you, you need a new hunger for the word of God to go deeper. Father, I pray for a hunger for your word. Father, as they feed on your word this week, Father, I pray that you would feed them, feed them, nourish them. God, with your word this week. May they find enjoyment in reading the word. Open up the scriptures to them, Father, that they would know you. They would know your love and the depth of your love. And God, I pray for people that have never been empowered by your spirit as they submit and surrender to you. God, I pray this week, this month, that people would experience your power. They would discover a peace. You know, Father, when you took me up in that, parasailing, when I got to the top I thought it was going to be rough and I thought it was going to be you know, the wind I'd feel the wind but it was just still it was just peace and God I pray that people in their storm people through their trials would discover your peace discover the love and the unconditional love of God through their difficulties so Holy Spirit we invite you Invite the Holy Spirit into your life to empower you and fill you so that you can overcome. So Jesus, we thank you that you are the builder of your church and you offer new breath. And I pray this week people would intentionally breathe deeper and discover a new life. Something new about you, an area of their life would change because of you.